Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Tuesday, January 2nd, 2024. It is five minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So border officers in Texas say they uncovered $10.2 million in narcotics. And these were hidden among a ship. $10.2 million. Sounds like a lot. Yeah, a lot of narcotics. (laughs) That were hidden. I've, I've, now, full disclosure, Casey, you, I have never done mm-hmm. illegal drugs of any sort. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the cost of an illegal drug is. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin, I know you've never done illegal drugs of any sort at any point in your life. However, of all the people in this room, <laughs> I just something tells me, and I have no idea why this would be, you might be best versed in telling us if indeed that is a lot of. Is 10.2 million in illegal? Is that a lot of illegal drugs? Yeah, something tells me that that seems like a lot. Okay, very good. Uh, it contained 164 pounds of methamphetamines. So, yeah, 164 what, pounds. What's the price of an illegal drug? <laughs> I guess like, it, they, I guess it depends on the drug of choice. Okay, have you ever wondered this? Like when you hear a report, mm-hmm. don't go anywhere, Kev, because you may be able to help with this. <laughs> when you hear a report like this, where they're like. On Tuesday, mm-hmm. more than $11 million of illegal drugs was seized. Who's the person who does the math on that? And what is what are they operating off of? If it's illegal, mm-hmm. how do they know how much it costs? There is no market. It isn't like the price is right where a gallon of milk is whatever. Kev, how do they know what the price of an illegal drug is? Not again that you would have any personal experience, but is there a marketplace for this? Can you price shop illegal drugs? You just have to have the right sources, I guess. It's the estimated street value of the but drugs. But who sets the street value? Well, they're saying if we took these drugs and we went and sold them, I un- the dealer would make this much money. Casey, look at me. Yeah. You're smart. You're mm-hmm. much smarter than you're letting on right now because I know you can hear. I know you can you can hear me. I understand what they're doing, mm-hmm. but that's what I'm saying is in the illegal drug world, like if I went to... If I went to Kroger right now mm-hmm. and said I want a gallon of milk, yeah. I know the price might be slightly different than the price at Walmart or Target. However, there's a general Target range that I could shop on a legitimate legal marketplace yeah. for a gallon of milk. Mm-hmm. How In the illegal drug market, yeah. are is there price shopping or is it like Tony on this corner is charging the same as Fred on this corner is that how they know? Is it just generally this is what is charged? Yes. There is no price shopping. No. There is no, you know. No, but if you want to go buy, go. if you want to go buy a, uh, it used to be called a dime bag. If you want to go buy a dime bag of marijuana. <laughs> yes, and, mother. And, and and person A on this corner is charging you X amount of money and person B on this corner is less for the same quality You'd go to the person who's charging less, right? Your your price. But they generally. But this is my question. Everybody generally charges. It is just like going to shop milk. Everybody generally charges the same amount. There is no discount drug manufacturer. I mean, (laughs) if you're getting legitimately good stuff, obviously much of the stuff is laced with fentanyl and other things. Correct. I don't. You two know how this world operates. I would just like to point out that I've said dime bag on the air, (laughs) which I don't think anybody says anymore. But this this ten million. 
dollars worth of narcotics. It was hidden in a shipment of roses inside oh. a refrigerated tractor trailer that was trying to cross the border. Another thing that is trying to cross the border is border agents in Arizona seeing an influx of uh, migrants that are using fake passports. Oh. And they're claiming that these people, they're they're trying to say that they're minors and that they're entering they're the United- mi- no, wait wait let's clarify they're minors as in not like guys with hard hats with lights on them they're minors like underage mi- underage yes and they're but, using these fake passports and they're saying we're minors we're trying to get into the United States this guy's full facial hair and gray hair kind of gave him away when right. he came to Right. So the illegal immigrants, they're changing their ages and they're pretending to be unaccompanied minors as they think that that's an even better chance of getting into the United States. Well, this comes back to if you remember when Biden first became president and this immigration crisis began and he did that press conference Mm -hmm. where he gave away what the people are supposed to to say in order to stay in the country. Mm -hmm. And if you tell someone how to illegally enter and stay in the country, there's a good chance they will take you at your word and do the things that you said they need to do in order to enter and stay in the country, which is why, without a doubt, 100%, take it to the bank, no ifs, ands, or buts, no discussion necessary, the Democrat Party is wholly invested in mass-scale illegal immigration because they believe it will be a, a... a future reliable generation of Democrat voters. Yeah, so um, it's not just fentanyl that is still crossing the border. It is all the other bad stuff as well. And the mayor of Chicago, Brandon Johnson, he says that sending illegal immigrants from overwhelmed border communities like the southern border to Democrat-run cities that are sanctuary cities yes. like Chicago, it's it's not Biden's failure to secure the border, but what's happening, it's dividing the country. But what we can have um, is um, a a governor in the state of Texas um, acting the way he is acting. And quite frankly, the rogue buses that are being dropped off across this country in the middle of the night, leaving people with with no uh, real support at all, no coordination with the local municipalities. That type of chaos is certainly dividing our country. So this guy, by the way, he is imploding as bad as Beetlejuice was. This guy is, I mean, people are turning on him Mm because he's way more radical than she was. Um, But this guy is, the government people have become what I call the NIMBY people. Not in my backyard. Not in my backyard. Yep. And so what, what I mean by that is you will see in communities where everybody might want, um, you know, a Chick-fil-A. So everybody's super excited. Hey, why don't we have a Chick-fil-A or a Cracker Barrel? But then if you say, okay, well, there's an open field right next to you. And not only will we put a Chick-fil-A and a Cracker Barrel, let's put a Meyer there as well. Well, mm-hmm. this is probably not the best place for that. Mm-hmm. But wait a second. I thought you said you wanted a Chick-fil-A, a Cracker Barrel, and a Meyer. Well, I do. But this location right here, well, this has always been farm field. And this just isn't the best, the best place for that. And so this is the the this is the the government version of this in which these mayors and governors in states like Illinois and mm-hmm. New York mm-hmm. want mass large scale illegal immigration until it happens. They just don't want them in their backyard. Sure. 
as long as they didn't have to deal with it, mm -hmm. great, do drop in. It's all a humanitarian effort and kids in cages and blah, blah, blah. But once they had to deal with it, well, now this governor of Texas is being super irresponsible because he just won't deal with these people and the, use all of his resources to, de to deal with them. And the public safety issue is going to be his responsibility. What a jerk that guy is. So the mayor of Chicago, he's pretty much saying, yeah, let's do it. Just don't bring him here to my city. Yes. And he goes on to blame Governor Abbott, uh, the governor of Texas. And he also starts name calling, saying that he's clinging to the vestiges of Jefferson Davis. What is very clear is that not only are we providing uh, mental health related services, as well as vaccinations and health screenings and providing um, me medical health care for these families when they arrive, the moment they get off those buses, we're not seeing that same treatment on the border. In other words, there's no health screenings, no vaccinations. That process at the border is absolutely raggedy and, and reckless. But we cannot have a governor who decides that he's going to uh, yeah. cling to the vestiges of Jefferson Davis when we should be uh, pulling to the hopes and aspirations that were left by Frederick Douglass. We have to have a coordinated response to this humanitarian crisis. We cannot allow chaos to dictate and to divide mm -hmm. this country. So what is he saying? So when they cross the border in Texas and they don't have any health screenings it's okay for texas yes. as long as they remain there yes but as soon as they come north and head into chicago then that's when it becomes a problem if you take large-scale illegal immigration and you say this is not my responsibility i'm not dealing with it then you are now the equivalent of a slave owner is what this guy just said. So these words don't even have meaning anymore, Casey. I no. mean, it, it's a shame they ever did have meaning because they're so ridiculous and it's just so tiresome. But people don't, this doesn't move the needle anymore. People don't just look at this and they laugh. I mean, they just, they played this, everyone's a racist card so long and they've stretched it out so far that it just, nobody cares anymore. So I guess the answer may be to send them to California. Because if he's concerned about the health screenings, well, everybody, all of the 700,000 immigrants living illegally in California are now gaining access to free health care. Started yesterday. $3.1 billion, it's what it's going to cost that state. And, and the Democrats want the rest of the country to look like California and New York and Illinois. That's mm -hmm. what their vision of America is. And so... They're, they will not stop fighting. And as long as they control the presidency, they essentially control the flow of illegal immigration across the southern border. And so ultimately, it will be decided this year of how fed up the American people are with that. I think whatever you think about Donald Trump, everybody knows he was very serious about getting illegal immigration under control. It was certainly under control compared to what we're seeing and have seen under Joe Biden. And so we'll see how big of an issue it is for the American people. I don't understand at this point why would anybody try to come in to this country legally? Because if you could just go to California with their $68 billion budget deficit, you're getting free health care. Sure. And you just hit on a great point, Casey, which is there used to be great pride in coming to this country. Mm -hmm. And there used to be great pride in coming to this country the right way. And you used to really always love to see people who you know, stood in line and waited their turn and went through the whole process. And then they had their, you know, swearing in day. And that was always such a, such a big deal. We have just eliminated that because you're right, Casey, you can come here mm -hmm. and you'll be just largely released into the great wide open after you've had your health care 
provided for you. I have a very person very close to me who, who is a nurse uh, here in Indianapolis at a local hospital. And she said the overwhelming amount of their resources now are going to care for illegal immigrants for two reasons. Number number and the number one reason is the federal government does not fight on charges near the same way a private insurance company does. Mm. So if an illegal immigrant shows up, that hospital can bill just about whatever they want. And there is much less of a chance it's going to get pushed back on through the federal government. So they will take these illegal immigrants and they will keep them in these hospitals for weeks on end and make it a priority over over you over over you you. yeah over a a taxpayer or someone who's paying for their health insurance and then trying to get a test and then their health insurance turns around and says oh no we're going to deny that test because it's not necessary even though the doctor has said it is so think about that if you are a person who you know cheating your way into this country will give you a better life than you would have in your country of origin You can't blame the people for doing the thing that's better for them. We blame the politicians and we blame the people who run this country because they have created the environment by which these people are incentivized to illegally enter the country. It is 18 minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. 21 after 11, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So this was brought to my attention while you were on vacation. I don't remember if it was week one, two, or three that you were gone. (laughs) But it's been something that I've tabled until you got back because I thought we could have a good conversation about it. Great. And it involves franked mail. Yeah. Okay. So you want to explain to everybody what that is? Uh, Okay. So the phrase franking comes from the Latin word francus, which means free. I didn't know you were going to do this deep of a dive on it. I thought you were just going to give an explanation. This is great. Go on. Uh, Apparently, uh, Benjamin Franklin, uh, of course, the early postmaster general, referred to free congressional mailings as the Franklin privilege. Okay. So we have talked about this many, many times before where these lawmakers will send you a card in the mail and it'll say, uh, and I'll just use him because this guy thankfully is about done and out of here. John Crane, your state senator, is fighting for, and then it'll list a bunch of things that he voted for and a spinner rooney on his voting record and the very high level things that he thinks he can manipulate you into thinking that he's doing a good job. Mm-hmm. And this is a to- it is totally a totally legal way that politicians use public money to campaign for re-election. So they take your tax money, mm-hmm. and this is nothing more than a campaign fluff piece, but because it doesn't say vote for on it, they're allowed to use this is why the this is one of many reasons why the incumbent the incumbent re-election rate is so high. Because they have privileges like this where they use your money taken by threat of force, which is what taxes are, and they use it. As a as campaign literature. Okay, so even though it doesn't say vote for, they can design these pieces of propaganda to look like yes. they're saying vote for. So a, a great example of this is Greg Pence. Mm-hmm. You remember Greggy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he, you may remember him from things such as Keel Brothers Oil Company that um, left a local bank holding a whole bunch of millions of dollars in paper and then he had a bunch of environmental damage and we the taxpayers had to clean that up millions of dollars with that but because he looks and sounds like his brother he got elected to to congress mm-hmm. um greggy has a big billboard on six i think it's on 65 if you're driving down to columbus with his photo on it and yep. it looks like a campaign billboard but all of the actual text it's got the I'm trying to remember this but it's got the stars on it and everything like it looks like a campaign billboard but it's very clear 
uh, and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong on this, if this is uh, a campaign billboard, please let me know. That'd be really weird that he would have a campaign billboard this early. But they've got the, the uh, uh, you know, it's a call, call the office or whatever on this, the constituent services. Mm-hmm. We hear them on radio ads that, that we run on these on the radio station or on television where it's, uh, you know, constituent services advertising and it's paid for by us, but it's nothing more than campaign material. So is it a campaign billboard or is it a billboard to show proof of performance? Well, it's, it is a, it is, it is designed to get you to vote for that person. I mean, however you want to call bananas, if you want, Mm -hmm. the goal is for you to have name recognition with that person. And it is campaign literature that they have figured out. These lawmakers have figured out a legal way because they exempt themselves on these things to, to legally use your money and take money from other people and, and campaign. And it's it's all, I mean, all, all these politicians essentially do it. Okay, so one in the uh, fourth district is doing it. Jim Barrett has put up a campaign billboard and, well, it's not a campaign billboard. What would you call it? You would call it- It is a campaign billboard. A franked billboard? It is a, no, let's call it what it is. <laughs> it's a, can, let's just, this is what we do in the show. It's a campaign billboard mm-hmm. in which Jim Baird, yeah. who is a colossal, complete, total failure and a total zero, who is hanging on to that seat like grim death, just in time for his loser kid who took over his statehouse seat when he became a, a U.S. rep so that he can be- you know, have the thing willed into him and him be the next one is using because he's got a legitimate challenger with Charles Bookwalter mm-hmm. is using campaign uh, is using public money for for through a legal mechanism to campaign. That's so what he's it, doing. It's taxpayer funded communication. Absolutely. Design. But, but it's it's one thing to say, like, if you were to run a radio ad that says and this is the way it used to be done for many, many years, if you were to run a radio ad that simply said, hey, my name is Rob Kendall and I am the representative. Uh, I'll just pick it. I'm the, let's just say, I will never run for Congress. So let's just throw that out there. Mm-hmm. I'm Rob Kendall. I am your fourth district congressional representative. I represent these 10 counties. We have offices in these three uh, areas. Here is the email. Here is the website. Here is the phone number. If you have any need for constituent services, this is the best way to get a hold of me. Thank you. Have a nice day. Well, now they've got these ads that have campaign music behind them. Mm-hmm. And they're like, the one, wasn't Pence running one with the us where it was like he was talking about going about the woke Biden agenda or something like that? This is campaigning. Mm-hmm. It's not to give information to, first of all, the fact that in the modern era where everyone has the internet at their fingertips, like right now, Casey, mm-hmm. let's see, let's just pick Greg Pence, okay? Let's just, um, and I'm going to put in my Google machine, how to contact Greg Pence. Well, I'll be darned, Casey. There's the website. There's the phone number. Mm-hmm. There's the address. And I bet if I click this link and I do 30 seconds of deep diving, I'll find the address of any and all campaign offices. The idea that you need to spend any money at this point to uh, for any of this stuff is completely ridiculous, but they're not doing it anymore. 
where it used to be, here's the information, you know, please contact me. If you have, here's the areas where we can help you with constituent services. Mm-hmm. It's legalized campaigning using our money. Okay, so Jim Baird has put this billboard up in the 4th uh, District. It says, Congressman Jim Baird, conservative patriot in Congress. There's a picture <laughs> stop, of him. Stop, 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 stop. See, right there, right there, right out of the gate, conservative patriot. Mm-hmm. Jim Baird's politics has absolutely no bearing whatsoever on his ability to do his job. It should say, Jim Baird, congressman, can whatever. Mm -hmm. Conservative patriot. In Congress. And then there's a picture of him. And then it says, defending the Second Amendment. Check. Voting for secure border. Check. Cutting wasteful spending. Check. And of course- So it's his vote. It is his- His voting record. But it's his, no, it's his interpretation. Of his voting record. It's not like he said, I voted for House Bill 1297, Mm -hmm. which- increases the ability to carry a firearm. It's defending the Second Amendment. All of the language mm-hmm. is the exact language you would see on a campaign. On a campaign. Yes. Right. And then, of course, the check mark there is to remind you of putting an X in the box or check, this is who I want. Check. It's supposed to look like a ballot. Anyway, uh, he put up this campaign billboard outside of Charles Bookwalter's business, Jimmy John's. <laughs> And this is the sort of thing, <clears throat> yeah. Um, the, hey, wait, wait. We gotta, he, we... he put the billboard right outside of his challenger's business. Hey, look, we got to, uh, Baird's a total dirt ball, and I don't care if it was an orange peel running against Jim Baird, you should vote for the orange peel. You know how we feel about that, but I got to give credit for that. That's pretty clever. Okay, so <laughs> Charles Bookwalter, the challenge, the guy who was challenging him, uh, released an ad, and it too is funny. Take, for example, this taxpayer-funded billboard that was strategically placed by Representative Baird in front of my Frankfurt, Indiana, Jimmy John's franchise. Nice one, Jim. Now, to the untrained eye, this billboard looks exactly like a campaign ad, but it's not. It's Frank Mail. It's your tax dollars being used by an incumbent to remind you of all the reasons that you should go vote for them. And every day I leave work, I'm reminded exactly why I'm running for Congress. Jim Baird won't let me forget. Thanks, Jim. Look, we're going to see this election cycle how much the American people like being treated as fools and like dirt. And if you want to look at a public a public representative who treats the taxpayers like fools and like dirt, it would be Jim Baird. So we'll see. Bookwalter's a pretty good candidate. He's going to be dramatically outspent. And these are these are the again, this is why the incumbent election re-election rate is so high because Jim Baird, who knows what that that is going to cost and how many he's doing it. Certainly probably in by the time it's all said and done in the tens of thousands What does of it matter to him? It's taxpayers exactly. that are paying for Ab- it. Absolutely. And he knows people won't know the difference and they'll get away with it. Can we play the Chappelle clip when we come back? Yes, absolutely. The very first joke out of uh, Dave Chappelle's new special is uh, pretty funny. And it's great. Uh, yeah, we're going to share that with you coming up from 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I'm picking up good, good morning. It is 1134. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So the very first joke uh, from Dave Chappelle's new special, The Dreamer. <laughs> is about the ridiculousness of being pressured to go along with the lies of transgenderism. Yeah, Chappelle's an odd guy because he has a lot of views that are super liberal, but mm-hmm. he has 100% 
on the, this trans issue, which is forcing Americans to believe that men or women or vice versa, that he is not having any of it. And he has, to his credit, never backed down. I think a big part of it is he's so powerful. You know, certain people are immune from being canceled. Mm-hmm. Chappelle is one of those people. And to his credit, he has never backed down on this idea that just because you say you are something or someone else, you are not. You are what you were born as. You can attempt to manipulate that. You can chop it off or you can grow, but it don't make you it don't make you that. Mm-hmm. And many of these people aren't even chopping or growing. They're just putting on a dress. Yeah, or, just saying it. Yeah. And you're some sort of comic book villain if you look at him and go, you're nuts and you need to seek help. Mm-hmm. So he used it with an example of uh, Jim Carrey and Andy Kaufman. Oh, my gosh. I love this. So as you know, Casey, Andy Kaufman yeah. was a very, very famous comedian in the 70s and 80s. He died very young. He uh, was one of the people who really, really in- inspired me. And and there are many, many people out there in the entertainment world today who are were inspired by Andy Kaufman. And Jim Carrey made an incredible movie, I think it was 1999 that it came out, called Man on the Moon, Mm -hmm. in which he played Andy Kaufman. And if you've never seen the movie, it's phenomenal. And he is so good as Andy Kaufman. You, Oftentimes in these movies, it's like, eh, maybe he looks a little bit like him. Mm -hmm. Eh, maybe he sounds a little bit like him. You lose yourself when you watch this movie that that is not actually Andy Kaufman. And a big part of this was Jim Carrey famously lived as Andy Kaufman on that set. Like, you could not call him Jim Carrey. You addressed him as Andy. It was as though... He totally immersed himself in the part. And it was serious. He wasn't screwing around with it, and that's why he was so good at it. And Jim Carrey's a total weirdo, too, but in case... <laughs> I mean, he he did a phenomenal job, and Jim Carrey was someone that Dave Chappelle really, really admired and desperately wanted to meet. And he tells this phenomenal story in this new Netflix special about mm-hmm. the time he met Jim Carrey on the set of Man on the Moon. And what Norm did, which I'll never forget, is he knew that I was the biggest Jim Carrey fan in the world. Now, I'm not going to go all into it, but Jim Carrey is talented in a way that you can't practice or rehearse. What a God-given talent. I was fascinated with him. And Norm knew that. And he called me up and he goes, Dave, um, he says, I'm doing a movie with Jim Carrey. Um, do you want to meet him? And I said... Yes, I do. And it was the first time I could remember since my father died being excited. And the movie was called Man on the Moon. I didn't know any of this. And in this movie, Jim Carrey was playing another comedian I admired, the late, great Andy Kaufman. Yes, and Jim Carrey was so immersed in that role that from the moment he woke up to the time he went to bed at night, he would live his life as Andy Kaufman. I didn't know that. When they said cut, it's still <laughs> Andy Kaufman. So much so that everybody on the crew called him Andy. I didn't know any of that. I just went there to meet him, and when he walked into the room where we were supposed to meet, I screamed, Jim Carrey. And everyone said, no. <laughs> Call him Andy. And I didn't understand. And then he came over and he was acting weird. I didn't know he was acting like Andy Kaufman. He's just like, hey, how you doing? And I was like, Hello. (laughs) Andy? Now, in hindsight, how lucky am I? 
that I got to see one of the greatest artists of my time immersed in one of his most challenging processes ever. I'm very lucky to have seen that. But as it was happening, <laughs> I was very disappointed. <laughs> because I wanted to meet Jim Carrey, and I had to pretend this was Andy Kaufman <laughs> all afternoon. And he was clearly Jim Carrey. I could look at him and I could see he was Jim Carrey. Anyway, I say all that to say, that's how trans people make me feel. You have to pretend. It's, it's spot on. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the reasons David Ch Dave Chappelle is one of the richest, most powerful people in entertainment in, in this country is because, and I hope this is the lesson for people, is to not back down he could have given in and issued some half-assed apology which he didn't believe and everybody would have left him alone but he recognizes and Chappelle is a really really smart dude Chappelle recognizes that people are yearning for something different people are yearning for authenticity they are yearning for the way things used to be not just in comedy obviously in comedy big time because of the political correctness that's come in there mm -hmm. but as our society as a collective with with our politicians with our with our civic leaders we we are void of people who are willing to say what they think and if there are consequences they're willing to take them and he has made a lot of money off never giving in. And he's stating the obvious, Casey. Mm -hmm. If you look at a man who tries to be a woman, even the person who can do it better than anyone else, like a Blair White, mm -hmm. you still look at Blair White and go, that's a man. There's, you're not fooling anyone. It doesn't matter what you chop, and it doesn't matter what you grow, and it doesn't matter whether you go from Bobby to Blair or whatever else. And I'm not trying to pick on Blair White, but I'm just saying mm -hmm. he, she, he mm -hmm. does it better than probably anybody else. And yet it is still obvious that's a man. J Dave Chappelle is stating the obvious and he is such a phenomenal storyteller that he is using his own experience right. where clearly you are not Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman had been dead 15 years by the time this movie came out. You're Jim Carrey. But Jim Carrey insisted that people placate him and call him Andy Kaufman, and it basically kind of ruined the experience for Dave Chappelle. So the same way that if you look at somebody with a five o'clock shadow and an Adam's apple, mm -hmm. you're not Tina, you're Tony. <laughs> There's a new report that came out that said uh, the Ohio governor, Mike DeWine, he vetoed that legislation that would have banned sex changes for minors. A lot of people very upset about that. And then- That's it, a Republican that did that too. Yeah. And then it was revealed that he received thousands of dollars in campaign donations from hospitals that conduct and support those procedures. We are losing our society because we are void of people who are willing to raise their hand and stand up and say, I know right from wrong. I know good from evil, and I am willing to stand for what is right and what is good. And when it comes to little kids, and if you're talking about a 13 or 14-year-old or a 15-year-old, that's still a little kid. Mm -hmm. That's still a child. They're incapable of deciding whether they can chop off their penis or not. HB 68 in Ohio also would have barred males from competing in female sports. It's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. Good, 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 good vibrations, vibrations, vibrations. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. What was all my expectations long abandoned? My solitary nature not was 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show. And Rob, are you ready for a new bastardized version of Mickey Mouse to hit the silver screen? Wait, what? What did you say? Well, you know that's going to happen. You heard that uh, Mickey Mouse from the 1928 version of Steamboat Willie has officially entered the public domain. Oh, wow. So, okay. So just for people who are driving down the road going public domain, what? After a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. things become no longer the property of the people who made them. Is that correct? Yeah, copy the, copyright law uh, deems that the characters can be held under copyright for 95 years, and it's got an expiration date, and that's what happened with Disney. Now, back uh, about a decade ago, two decades ago, Disney fought that, and yeah. they re-upped it. But now that has expired as well. Okay, so the original Mickey Mouse, and it's a black and white cartoon. Steamboat Willie. It does not look like the mouse that you We're see used at, to. Right, yes, you see today. at Walt Disney World. Yeah. He he. I, does he talk in those original ones? If he does talk, it doesn't sound like the Mickey Mouse that we came to know and love. Right. I think he makes noises, but he doesn't actually speak. Yeah. Okay. So this is now going to become public domain, which means essentially anyone can use mm-hmm. it and make money off of it. Right. Except you can't go to the degree that it seems like Disney is endorsing anything you're doing. Oh, I see. But you can take that image and you can kind of play around with it. And we saw this happen a few years ago with Winnie the Pooh. Uh-huh. And they made a horror film, right? Right. They yes. made the, what was that? Um, oh, gosh. What was it called? It was very scary. Hot and punny or... What, what, wait, what? I think, I think you're wrong, wrong, I wrong genre there, uh, Casey. This is a so, family show. Something. I'll ask you to keep your personal viewing habits to yourself. But you're right. It was the slasher film with um, uh, Winnie the Pooh. And uh, now Tigger, by the way, this year has... Uh, its copyright is uh, expired as well. So isn't that interesting? And I was thinking about this while I was on break. That time just keeps moving. Mm-hmm. And people are hearing that going, well, that's a well-duh statement. Mm-hmm. But you don't realize how time keeps moving. Like when I was a kid, I knew, hey, someday I will be 40 years old. Mm-hmm. And that, I, that day happened. I knew it would ha- I knew <laughs> I knew it would happen. But then it just like it just happens it Mm -hmm. seemed like i remember when my dad turned 40 years old thinking wow that is that is ancient yeah the same way as i remember my grandfather turning 70 years old thinking oh my gosh i can't even believe that guy's still alive much less you know doing as well as he's doing well now 70 doesn't seem old at all to me and the same way as obviously 40 doesn't seem old at all to me but as part of that Mm -hmm. everything else gets older along with Yourself, And so it's like, when you say 95 years old in Mickey Mouse, I go, lady, you must be sorely mistaken. But then you realize, no, I'm as old as dirt. Mm-hmm. And so the things that were old as dirt when I was young are even older than are dirt. Are even older. <laughs> and now their copyright has expired. I believe in the next couple of years, uh, things like The Wizard of Oz oh, is wow. going to be one that will be, you By know. By the way, we watched The Wizard of Oz uh-huh. over Christmas break. Yeah. And you want to talk about a movie that is just as phenomenal as it was the day it came out, mm-hmm. 
And that is utterly incredible that in a world where everything is CGI right. and AI and effects and how big can you... I mean, you watch The Wizard of Oz from a just a technical standpoint and you go, oh my gosh, everything is so obvious about what they were doing. Mm-hmm. But yet it doesn't matter. It simply doesn't matter. It's still one of the greatest movies ever made and it always will be. And it, I think that's a testament to how much better movies used to be made. Do you think that we'll see like a Mickey Mouse, a a steamboat slasher coming up? (laughs) Well, I mean, they did it with Winnie the Pooh, right? So why wouldn't they do it with Mickey Mouse? I think you'll see any way somebody possibly thinks they can make money. So, um, I mean, as you, I guess, apparently alluded to earlier, maybe the adult genre will tap into that. Possibly. Uh, I think the slasher genre will (laughs) tap in. I think any genre in which $7 can Mm -hmm. be acquired will tap in to Steamboat Mickey. Somebody's going to do it. Uh, Something that happened also over the weekend, a surprise move, Denmark's Queen Margrethe II. Who? Uh, Denmark's Queen. She announced that she's- What's her name? Queen Margaret. This was not Margaret. It's Margaret. Margaret. Can you spell that? M A R G R E T H E. I didn't even know that was a name. Margaret. I didn't even know Margaret was a name. If you'd have said Rob, true or false, Margaret is a name, I would have said false. Mm -hmm. She announced she's going to abdicate. Oh, she's leaving. Yeah. Where's she uh, going, does uh, it say? <laughs> she's going to retire. She's oh. 83 years old. Well. She's going to hand over the throne to her son, Crown Prince uh, Frederick. Okay. Uh, she announced this on a New Year's Eve speech. She does that every year. But she said uh, in two weeks' time, as uh, after 52 years, uh-huh. she's going to take the crown off of her head. Yeah. She said uh, back in February of last year, I guess she had some back surgery, and it t- sort of took its toll on her. And she she said she decided that now is the right time to do it. Well, compare that to like Queen Elizabeth, mm-hmm, who, who was, didn't do it. Who essentially said, my son is such an incompetent moron that <laughs> I cannot turn this country over to him and I will go until my very last breath. Apparently her son, what's his name? Frederick? Is that yep. his name? Yeah. Uh, Frederick may be a little more uh, competent than Charles. Possibly. Um, and also there will be another queen consort. Frederick's wife oh. will be known as the queen consort. Is that what they, is that what they call when you marry? into the throne? Yeah. Is that what they call it? Queen consort? Yeah, when you're not a, a queen in your own right. Yeah. So actually uh, Princess Mary, who is Frederick's bride, she was actually born in Australia, so oh. not even a Dane herself. You know, that's something they don't do much anymore is these arranged marriages with people from other countries to build empires. Yeah, didn't they always used to like marry their cousins? Oh, it was an old, you know, an olden day timey thing where like, you're the princess of Spain and you're going to marry the the prince of uh of England because that will be a great alliance when he becomes <laughs> king. They don't do that anymore. Nope. There's no more intercountry alliances based on marriage. Okay, now there's another story that happened, and I have to get your opinion on this because yes. we've talked a lot about this. Uh-huh. The PGA Tour and the Live Golf Tour yeah. uh, extending their merger <laughs> deadline. Surprise, <laughs> but, surprise. But, okay, <laughs> so that was supposed to end December 31st, yes. oh right? <laughs> and they ha- didn't have a deal, and so now they're extending the deadline. You know why our show is so popular, Casey? Because we mean what we say and we hold to our word, and very few people do that in society anymore. So the PGA Tour and Live had been working on this merger, 
and they're apparently not making progress. And the PGA Tour had come out and said, December 31st is mm-hmm. a firm deadline. And mm-hmm. if there's not an agreement done, then we're done and we'll see you on the battlefield. And then uh, the live the Saudis said, uh, hey, John Rahm, here's uh, six bajillion dollars. Why don't you come play with us? Right. And then the PGA Tour was like, well, maybe we didn't actually mean December 31st. I mean, what's well, a couple of months of my, 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 my friends, Casey? Yeah, I guess they've been offering lots of direct equity ownership to all of the new players, whatever that means. Well, it means somebody's going to make more money than either of us. Well, they struck a deal with a group, I believe the, one of the guys is the guy who owns the Boston Red Sox, who is a part of this, who is going to infuse billions of dollars. The PGA Tour has struck a deal with this guy, mm-hmm. this group, and they're going to infuse billions of dollars into the PGA Tour. I think they don't want to align with Liv. However, given the rather infinite money and no need to make a profit whatsoever that Live Golf has shown. I think they recognize, hey, they're going to just keep systematically poaching off the best players. The Rom one was a really big deal. The Rom one, three hundred million. Well, the Rom one was the first one to me where I said that seems like a really big deal because he was actively winning. And a big part of the PGA Tour. The other guys they had poached, like Brooks Kepka is great at the majors. He stinks during the, and openly wasn't, you know, everybody knew he, do, he doesn't try during the regular <laughs> PGA Tour season. No big deal. Phil Mickelson, old. Dustin Johnson passed his prime. Cam Smith had won a major, but wasn't a guy where you'd say, oh my gosh, look at this really dynamic guy. Rom was the first guy where you said, that seemed like a really big deal. Mm-hmm. All right. So they were supposed to announce some merger back in April during yeah. the Masters, and then they pushed back this deadline line to the end of the year, mm-hmm. December 31st. Oh, well, sure. that came and went. Uh, so where are we sitting now? When are they going to finalize anything? Uh, they will keep going with this until Liv uh, makes them uh, get down on bended knee and say they're sorry for all mm-hmm. the mean things they said about Liv. Because, Casey, I don't know if you know this. I mean, you are very wealthy yourself. But um, <laughs> when you have infinite money, mm-hmm. you can do whatever you mm-hmm. want. Mm-hmm. All right. That's going to do it for us today. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow because contrary to what he says, we actually don't have infinite <laughs> money. Thank you Rob. Thank you, Kevin. And thank you for listening. This is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC.